It's just going to be a lot of can you hear me's. Okay, so we're, we're recording, recording now? now. Okay. This is the yeah. show. Mm-hmm. We're back. This is this is it. Yeah, yeah we're back. From the dead. Just kidding. We've been listening. Yeah, and uh, sitting in. Wow, <laughs> 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 okay. Just kidding. She Jeez. was like, I was really hoping you'd okay, cut bro. out, and then it'd just be my podcast. <clears throat> no. Anyway, uh, yeah. So we're recording now, and uh, this is the first recording session we've had in like over a year. Well, just about a year, yeah, actually. Last time before we were recorded, yeah, September we were in a pandemic. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was like two weeks before you broke your leg. Yeah. Every- Welcome to Strange Heartland, everybody. Um, we're doing this remotely because Jory recently moved, and she's no longer like right down the street from me. Bye. Anymore. But sorry, guys. So, um, yeah, lots happened. Um, I was actually helping <laughs> Jory move. So for those of you who don't know, they're friends in real Jory life, too. a very dramatic breakup while also getting diagnosed with a form of bipolar. Yay! Insert audience. Yay. And then Mike helped me move out of bad situation and broke his leg. But don't hold your breath yeah. there because it gets more dramatic. It gets worse. worse. <laughs> it's downhill. <laughs> so I broke my leg helping Jory move and go to the ER. My girlfriend takes me to the ER. Like a saint. Sarah just yes, like a saint. And comes down from only the sky. Bumped, <laughs> only bumped the broken shin like four times. And when I broke it, they didn't believe me. They were like, oh. what do you mean? I, I was like, I climbed up on my back tire. Okay, so this is what happened. I was climbing up on the back tire to grab a box and push it towards the tailgate. And it was up by the cabin of the truck. And I climbed up and went to climb up on the tire. And as soon as I pulled myself up, my shin snapped. <laughs> and yeah, Sarah and comes so in. I'm inside my parents' you- house. Sarah comes in. Holy shit, I'm not even kidding. Mike just snapped his leg. And I'm like... <laughs> holding a box of my shit yeah, going, what? I, couldn't, I couldn't like think of i think think the word break because like it it's an audible snap when someone breaks a bone and i just remember looking at him and i'm like are you okay and you went no i broke my leg and because this is you i thought you were joking and i was like what's wrong like what'd you do and you were like i broke my shin and then like the like sound made more sense. Like I almost thought you had snapped a snapped a twig. Right. Yeah, like, that's what it was sounded like too. It didn't it was, sound- reminded me of like snapping like a branch. Yeah. And so I thought he just landed on a branch and was trying to like fuck with me. Which considering the two times I've come in this house after working a night shift and you pretend you're dead. <laughs> oh wait, hold on. <laughs> yeah, I, I want to hear an example of this. Uh, like everybody wants to hear an example this of was- this. <laughs> This was very recent. You were this was recently, but I used yeah. to, I did it a few a more times when times. I was actually getting chemo. No, so I was like, <laughs> he did. I'm not even joking. He is in the middle of chemo. It was, I don't even know if it was chemo. I think it was after you got your surgery. Okay, you, you pretended to be dead a couple mm-hmm. times while you were in chemo he, treatment to fuck with her while you yeah. were mists of chemo. After <laughs> after I had already my lungs and heart and everything, everything were else. filled with blood clots from this amputation surgery that I had. Right. No, that was your first surgery. Yeah. Yeah. So but- 
it's very possible that Bloodcock could have actually killed me and then I was just being a dick about it. And I have the worst anxiety, so he thinks it's That's very our funny Welcome. when he does Great this. Heartland. One living host and one go- and one murdered one go- by his go- girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, no, he th- thinks it's the funniest thing in the world to do that to me. So that was already something that humor has been pre-established in our relationship. Did he make you cry? Did as you can obviously far, see later. Um, I've gotten a couple times close to crying. It's funny. <laughs> She'll come in. She'll come in, and she's not quiet at all when she goes. Okay, okay, so our dogs are quiet at all. Sarah works third shift, so she comes home at like eight o'clock yeah. in the morning. When so, in theory he should be awake anyway, but well, whatever. So. I roll out of bed and get to my computer to work like in between 8.30 and 9. And I know I'm supposed to start in quotations at 8, but come on, you know, like that time when you're at the office anyway, that time is like for acclimating yourself to your environment, making sure that you get some coffee, some bad coffee from the coffee His boss has called him before. Like I've walked in and he's his mic, like his his old boss was calling him. And it was so funny because you could always hear home, like right, his Mike? boss wide awake. You're still working. Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. 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 No, you could hear though his boss like wide awake at like 8, 10 a.m. And he's like, oh, sorry, did it wake you up? And Mike's always like, yeah, I overslept a little. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, homeboy, you will not let me go out of the bed from like 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. I don't know what you mean by a little. It is what it is. So anyway, she comes in, you know, she's banging everything around, slamming doors, yelling at the dogs. They start it. Right? So I make sure that I don't move at all. Like, I, I, I roll over so she can't see my face, right? And then... Oh, God, Mike. <laughs> and then she comes in, and then she always leans over me and wants a kiss, and then... Hi, I'm seeing you for the first time in yeah. 14 hours. Like, I want a kiss. Mike, Mike, you know? And then I just don't respond. <laughs> and then she tries reaching around and feeling for my pulse on my neck and stuff. Mike shaking me. I think that's what he thinks. Oh, I've gone a little far. Yeah, and deep inside he's laughing at himself. What? He's doing that nasty laugh he does. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, he'll get like one or two like like taps, like softly saying baby. A couple more, and then I'll get, babe, babe, Mike. Mike. Michael. Michael. <laughs> like, shaking him. Yeah. Uh, so, anyway, I, I decided to pull that and really figure out uh, yeah. <laughs> with the blood clots and the chemo and everything right then and there. So Okay. I'm just going to say, if you don't put a ring on that after all that shit you did, wow, Mike. Wow. Right. Yeah, it's... You you have to find humor sometimes in dark places. Oh, that's yeah, kind so of anyway, why me and Mike are actually here. really good friends. <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> you have to find humor somewhere. <laughs> that's really kind of like how we first struck it off, Jory, is because, like, we were <laughs> sitting at your old house, and David, or our, our a guy I used to work with, a friend of mine, and his wife were over, and we were all hanging out. <laughs> and then they started arguing, and then, so me and you were, like, sitting by each other, and I'm like, we like podcasts. 
because it was awkward and we didn't know what to say. The fun fact about that is I was so drunk that night. I didn't realize you were being serious that you had a podcast. And then someone was like, yeah, he's got a podcast. Like, wait, he really has a podcast? Yeah, we were lit that night. That was how I felt when he was flirting with me. He was like, I have a podcast. And I'm like, yeah, I can just imagine this is Mike rolling up to a date. Uh, I'm sure that you're probably your opening oh, line no, was probably shit. something like oh, you have a podcast question mark question mark this is Mike this is Mike yeah because you know what uh Tinder you like spooky shit you have to pretend to be interested but <laughs> <laughs> I think that's in my bio I got, I got that was in my bio I think something something like that I nothing think makes a girl wetter hey, than a creek you know in the what? night chicks. <laughs> yeah it does you know it was great though that was great for me actually <laughs> it worked great he got so many dates before me okay I first off few. i remember i, I was a, talking I, about you because this is what me and mike would do we go to the gym and then we go sit in the massage chairs i'd be like oh mike what's the tea on the girls yeah. what's the lineup oh, yeah oh, mike what's the lineup in the massage chair well that chair was beating the shit out of your back <laughs> and legs <laughs> Uh, yeah. and I remember at one point <laughs> it was hard, between you man. and one other girl and I'm like I'm team Sarah like I hear the way you're talking about her and you're like oh, I don't know I just don't want to play the field and I was like I mean it's like fairness, the fifth time this week that um, you're going right over to Sarah's after the gym Mike Mike on the mic let's put you on the spot how many other times what nothing how many, <laughs> when, were you, when did you stop deciding deliberating between me and the other girl because i know what oh, girl shit. she's talking I just about open up a band-aid you do i don't even know what girl she's talking about is she she talking i don't want to say her name what? i don't even remember her name because i was so annoyed by her <laughs> the the one who i dated her oh <laughs> yeah Wait, no, 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 no. no. All of our viewers my, are like, holy Mike, shit, we finally tuned in no, after like, a whole what? year. And <laughs> this is going to have to be its own set. Like, us catching up is going to have to be its own separate, like, private. Like, this is going to be like our episode. bonus episodes for our Patreon. It's like, the okay, tea so before, hold on, babe. Okay. Hold on, babe. But before we, because they don't, I have to, inter- okay, so, all right, Sorry. so that third voice that you hear is yes. my girlfriend, Sarah. She's sitting or in is it my on girlfriend? this episode with me tonight. It's our, it's our girlfriend. collective Whoa. girlfriend. So anyway, she's going to tell you the super embarrassing story. So here, I don't, how is it super embarrassing? No, because it's, it's kind of weird when you think about it. It's kind of funny like, when you think about it. Yeah. It doesn't help that you matched with me before and you never responded to me. You ghosted the fuck out. Of well, me. he does have a paranormal <laughs> um, podcast, Sarah. <laughs> that's the reason. What no, are you eating? So what is that? Looks, your flow? Um, so I went to. Jose's Tequila Bar, almost. and they do yeah, yeah, they do cake Jesus in a beer can. It's oh, that's cool. Jesus, not Jose. Oh, what'd you say? I thought it was Jesus. Jose. She said it was Jose. Oh my god. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> not all um, Spanish names are the same. Jory. I don't know if you knew that. Bar, and my friend is like Jesus, and I was like, no, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> so you no bitch is confirmed she thinks all it's Jose saying. it's Jose's tequila bar he walks on water <laughs> and so will you after a couple shots that place uh, is just kidding cool. I was talking about uh, Jesus' not so famous brother <laughs> that's fair bro Jose <laughs> <laughs> do you ever think 
that's a different question for a different time when we're not being recorded. No, I thought that he did have a brother. I, was, I thought it was confirmed thought, that Jesus did have a brother, they said. I, I don't, don't remember this. And it was like a couple of years ago, I guess, or something like that. Okay, right? well, I have. I think if I walked into a Catholic church right now, I'd set on Welcome fire. Welcome to Street so Heartland, like, we're a mixed bag of what the fuck is going on. <laughs> oh, babe, so tell the story. Oh, geez. Okay, so Mike went on a date with this girl and decided he liked me better, is what I'm hearing from Jory. And before I dated Mike, I'd I would gone think on, so. How I, it's been over a year now, just, and we live together. So yeah, can this please be a whole segment. And it's so just me stirring shit in your relationship. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, um. So so yeah. So Mike had dated this girl before he met me. I had gone on a couple dates with this guy before I met Mike, and I was like, I like him. I liked him enough that I said his name to my mom, which was a problem because she got that guy's name and mike's name confused many times in like our first month and a half of dating really what was his name <laughs> and oh. it didn't help that they were they were similar names like michelle no i don't want to say it because i don't want like some I don't, okay so not that i'll just get to him but i'll like, just redact it in the editing process so jory his name was frank was it really frank <laughs> no uh, no type it to her so she sees it all right, no, just tell him. Okay, it his was name, it was Micah. Micah. Micah, and his and so so they were very similar sounding names. So my mom got them confused a couple times, but so I had gone on a couple dates with him, like liked him enough that I was like, yeah, this is his name, and it didn't help that he was also Mike's age, so it's quite older than me, and so my mom was like, really that old, and I was like, and he has two kids. Whoa! <laughs> Surprise! And you're getting one so she was more. Like, all right, all right. If, and just pull one right out. Oh my god, no, I'm good. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> I'm IUD for oh. a reason. Um, uh, so I had gone on a couple dates with him, and he think, thought I liked him a lot more than I did. And so then I had gone, I went on a date with Mike, and I knew I was like, I like you a lot more <laughs> than I like him. And so also, I told him... Do you like podcasts? Probably like, <laughs> also, do you like podcasts? Because do I got something for you? Uh, no, I, <laughs> this one about you, it's a long game. It's a one and a half year long game. No, um, I, I had s- just got done laying the pipe real good and we were Jesus. cuddling in bed and she got a text message. That was later. I told him like two dates after two dates in, I texted him and was like, Hey, I like you, but I don't think this is working out anymore. Well, like I had, I knew that like, you know you were talking to somebody else, but you didn't, I didn't know, know their we name. We never connected anything. them, yeah, until yeah, like two months into our relationship, yeah. And I got a text from him, and it was like it was just a hey, hey, hey. and I was like, hey, what's up? He's like, you never told me why you ended things or something. And I was like, I just was interest- more interested in someone else, and I didn't think it was fair to do that to you. And like I told you, I wasn't really as interested in you anymore. And he started calling me all these names. And I'm still proud of the line, like my last line to him before I blocked him, because I could have just been like, all right, mm, block, have a good day. Like, no, um, that a butane, black. <laughs> right. So instead, I just texted, I really hope no one ever speaks to your daughter the way you're speaking to me right now, and blocked him. 
but he saw the name on the Snapchat and he was like, I don't know how I knew this, but like, I think you asked me about his kids, I think. Well, you had mentioned he, the other guy. Yeah, I had mentioned kids. he had had Something kids. Something like that. So, uh, so I knew, already, I knew he had two kids. Yeah. And then I. And it's not like it was a common name. Yeah, so I saw the name. And I was like, "Did he have an ex-wife named?" What are the this? chances? I've like I've had never heard of anybody with that name. Oh like, yeah, she in also had a really uncommon name. So I was like, "Okay." So I was like, "Uh, hey, uh, <laughs> what's his last name?" <laughs> I couldn't even tell you that now. And then she was yeah. like, uh, "Eisenhower." Ooh. You know, whatever, whatever it was. And then, um, why? And then I was like, "Yeah." I was worried he knew him. Like, I was worried. I was like, oh, crap, they're friends, aren't they? Like, damn, like, this is not going to end well. And now it was, did he have an ex-wife named blank? Yeah. Yeah. I dated his ex-wife. <laughs> like, oh. And she went, <laughs> like, next thing he said to me was, he's crazy. <laughs> but anyway. So yeah, he and, was kind of crazy. And then we had only been dating a couple months, and then all that crap happened. And then that night at the ER, I found out he was like so nonchalant about telling me that I had it was like it was I broke my leg, and it's like yeah. So here's the X-ray. Um, you broke your leg. You broke your leg, and he did at least admit that he was like, "You did, in fact." Because he didn't your leg. believe me at first. There was like because like breaking your shin is like so hard, really hard to do. <laughs> So they thought that I had like I don't know sprained it. I or think some they, shit. That, they like, thought or like, something to your muscle or something, something to the muscle. Yeah. And so he was like, "Well, uh, you did break your leg, and um, you know it you looks like know the why? reason the reason why <laughs> is cancerous lesion ate away at your bone." And we were like, and then just kept talking. Like there was a like a sentence pause, but not like the type of pregnant pause you need after that sort of life changing news. So he just kept talking and was like, you're going to get met up with this oncologist. We're going to splint your leg here and yeah. then you'll go see an orthopedic surgeon. And, mm-hmm. like, and I was like, wait, sorry, what? <laughs> you were, cancerous? Yeah. Like cancer? Yeah. We both had to like ask him to repeat everything because that was the thing. He got to it and you were still sitting there like slack jawed. And I like heard I was coming out of like shock and I, yeah. I heard him say like, anything do you have any questions and i just went yeah i need you to repeat everything you just said Mm -hmm. and because like i knew even if you were still in shock i at least was taking in information to tell you yeah jory you remember when we would go to the gym and i'd complain about my what i thought was a shin splint and you like were like you felt it and like rubbed on it and stuff that was my tumor dude yeah <laughs> yeah, I'm so honored that I got the yeah. tumor. I just wish I could have saved your leg. That's why, like, I never touched a tumor. Now that I think about it, I doubt I like ever. A, you know, because like I thought it was a shin splint, so I had noticed it for like a year at that point, and I was like, I looked online. I was like, how long do shin splints last? Because like sometimes it felt like it would kind of go away. Um, and then you know I saw like uh, they could be persistent. I was blah, say, are they chronic. Yeah, and I was like, yeah, because runners okay. get them a lot. So, I used to get them all the time when I was in cross country. Yeah, and we had just started running. Remember, we had just yeah, started running at the gym, mm-hmm. and hill. so, and then it was like you know sometimes it's actually not. It's shin splints can be you know 
or uh, like a stress fracture can appear to be like feel like a shin splint blah 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 blah. yeah and so when i broke my leg i was like okay so i guess it wasn't a shin splint it was a stress stress fracture fracture. and it just snapped that's what i thought yeah and then they were like nope cancer okay that escalates quickly (laughs) yeah yeah i remember you calling your mom and your dad. And I had heard you talking to, I think, both your parents. I think I had said hi to your mom at that point. Um, and just saying, I need to talk with you when I get home. And I was remember thinking, like, how do you not just start crying? But, I mean, we were in shock for probably well, I remember the next when you called me the, oh, yeah, yeah, that the was next, weird. It was Saturday when it happened, when you fell. And you called yeah. me like first thing Sunday morning around ten o'clock, and I was like, "Hey man, how's it going?" And you <laughs> first thing at ten o'clock in the morning. <laughs> yeah, that, that was before she started working as a postal carrier. Yeah, that me. was before I went back again. For some people who don't know, I was a mail carrier. Some shit went down. I stupidly left the job, and now I'm back doing what I love. It just sucks because nobody wants to work, so I work twelve hours every day. Henceforth, why it's taken us forever right. to get back onto this. But yeah, you called me early in the morning and I was like, hey, man, how's it going? Like, how bad is it broken? You're like, I have cancer in my leg. And I'm like, holy fuck. But it's just so crazy to me because if I wouldn't have called you that day impromptu to be like, hey, man, I need out of this situation. I'm I'm getting out of here. I'm packing my stuff up now. It really was. How much longer would it have gone? Before something right. really happened. Yeah, before it broke. Before I couldn't imagine. Yeah. Honestly, I'm happy it happened that way at my parents' house versus us being at the gym, like deadlifting. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. That would have been an ambulance. Like, that would have sure. been yeah. way worse. You know, it's just crazy how things work out. And long story oh, short, it's been one mm-hmm. crazy Once. year for both of us. But I think everything resulted in for the better. You're healthy, living and thriving yeah. with Sarah. I'm in a way, yeah. way, way better situation than I was before. Yeah, you got a cool uh, man. recording room. Yeah. Mm. You have yeah. a cool man. Yeah. That too, yeah. One of these days, I'll have to get a double date so you guys can meet him. Yeah, the pandemic world is yeah. weird. They yeah. Just, Our entire dating life has been in, in a, a very pandemic. indoor pandemic situation. It's yeah. weird to think about life before. Life BM yeah, before yeah, no, mass. Or tumor, honestly. It's still hard. But it's still hard to think about what life was like before cancer sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, but your stitches look cool. Like you need to get like a you need to get a stick <laughs> tattoo on your nub. I gotta figure something out. I keep telling you. You get a chicken nugget. Well and a it's your whole nub a chicken nugget. A chicken nugget. <laughs> Chicken nugget from the 90s. Remember those toys with the faces? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Like the interchangeable yeah. Halloween costume. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, like the yeah. fries and stuff. <laughs> I still think you need to do not this leg. I know. Not or this leg. Yeah. I don't know because they didn't. They didn't Ooh, do that. You could that. do they a ghost. Just, like, they like, ghost You could do a ghost. You could ask your doctors for their signatures to always oh, have yeah. Ask my surgeon and stuff for his signature. Give you a signature. And get I gotta figure something out. out when he told you had cancer, then you guys just like little TV characters going, "Um, oh, that again." Can you repeat that? 
Oh no! Yeah, that was a scary one too. I got the best that one. That I got one. the best one. It should just say "pull my leg." You <laughs> <laughs> pull my leg. <laughs> Pull my leg. Pull my leg, or you're pulling my leg. Break a leg. Break a leg. Oh, yeah. I mean, we didn't. By really the way, right there, that's our it, intro. One of the processes. You know how we normally put like where a spot where we're talking of like random shit yeah. right there. That's the intro. <laughs> break my break leg. Break my leg. <laughs> All right, so leg broke. Um, found out it was cancer. <laughs> leg broke, <clears throat> cancerous. Four people asked me if I wanted to just stop dating him. Yeah. Are you serious? Uh, she stuck. What the fuck? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> From both his family and mine. I even said it. I was like, we Look. had that conversation. Yeah. I was like, this is gonna be crazy for a while. Like, if you want to take off, like, I'm, run I know while you can, because I, I can't chase you yeah, for yeah. long. What did I say? Huh? What did I say? Well, that night you were like, I want to marry you. <laughs> Yikes. In the I ER, because you were so scared and stuff. But. Oh my god, I was. But I only want to marry that. you with one leg. So I can wait. <laughs> I guess I have to now. Uh, <clears throat> choice. Cancer, chemo. Live, laugh, love. Uh, and then I had major, I had the big chop. Jory <laughs> just had the big chop recently on her oh, yeah. hair. I cut it all off. <laughs> I went through a uh, yeah, you did. Yeah. Total freaking breakdown, life flipped over, moved back home with mom and dad, got some shit figured out, went back to my job. Yeah. Um, it's hard because I don't really want to talk about the whole situation because I don't want to talk ill of the person. It was both for both parties, to be honest. Y'all was some I'll ill motherfuckers. So... That person's happier. I'm happier. So it all worked out for the better. Mike's happier. Sarah's happier. Meh. What? And anyway. We're all sitting here with five legs. So great. Yeah. <laughs> There's five legs between us and uh, a whole brain cell. Yeah. So I had to get uh, See, my leg chopped. We have off, a whole bit so. where it's just us three, but it'll be part of our Patreon, but it'll be called Pull My Leg. <laughs> oh, yeah. Maybe. Last leg, leg, dude. Can you imagine if we ever got Last big leg. enough to do live shows and that was our stick? Everybody in the crowd just goes, break a leg! <laughs> that would be awesome. Still got leg! <laughs> Three legs. <laughs> Three legs on podcast. Uh, <laughs> we are all oh on high God. spirits over here. Including the spirits yeah. that we're going to talk about spirits. tonight. High spirits. I mean, yeah. Based on where the spirits are based uh, out of, I wouldn't be surprised if they got So, it. yeah. All right. So tonight, uh, we're actually talking about uh, something that we kind of announced like two years ago on Instagram and whatever else, but we're actually covering the demon house of Gary Let's Indiana. just say life was crazy. We had a dream and a goal and everything else around us was like, nah, fuck that. Tornado's going to start spinning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um... Yeah, so we're covering the uh, case of Latoya Ammons, uh, their mother, uh, like her family, basically. <laughs> but anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, 
I keep telling this him this. This is going to be our he... cursed episode. How many times in a year are we going to record the like Demon Show? How many times a year are we going to record the Demon Show before we ever release it? <laughs> we, 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 we just release it. Yeah. We've recorded this episode at least three times in the in past. In three different at locations. Least. Probably we've recorded more. It. Probably like we've five recorded or six. it at your studio at work. We've we recorded it, yeah. We recorded it at work like three Jeez. times, I feel like. In some like I remember like the very first part, we were like, fuck, this story's taking forever. Like, <laughs> And we were there for like three hours, and we we're like, "All right, we're gonna do it in two parts." And then we never went back yeah, it was and so finished it. So the then I was like, time. "So we gotta redo it." And then we redid it, <laughs> and I think I lost it or something, we so we had to redo it again. No, 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 no the best part about Mike, which is weird, because out of the out of me and my partner, I'm not the most organized. When he's like, "Jory, do you have the notes?" And I'm like, "No, I'm the true crime part. Why would I have the paranormal notes?" Mm. Oh, geez, yeah. <clears throat> <sighs> what was I talking about? Oh, so <clears throat> this is gonna be the lost episode. Yeah. Okay. So we're we're in. I'm gonna do the intro. I'm just gonna do the intro. Just I had go for it. I'm just gonna. Mike is gonna just yeah. go for it. Just go for it. Because that was a weird Mike's segue to begin our with. Intro now. Take it away, Mike. No, that's probably copyrighted. Now. Doom, 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 doom. Hi, I'm Mike Waterhouse, and this is Strange Heartland. I just remember that. Uh, anyway, Tonight we're going to talk about the Demon House, the story of Latoya Edmonds and her daring just, trials in Gary, Indiana. I got it. Aside from the poverty, okay. the ghosts were fucking shit up. Tori. <laughs> the ghosts are crunk. Anyway, okay. Just 75 minutes from our home base in South Bend, Indiana, lies one of the most interesting and well-documented paranormal cases in modern history. I'm talking about the Ammons family haunting, or better known as the Demon House of Gary, Indiana. With that said, roll the theme music. <laughs> bam, bam, oh. November 2011, LaToya Ammons, her mother Rosa Campbell, and LaToya's three young children, two boys aged seven and nine at the time, and a 12-year-old daughter, they move into a small one-story rental home at 3860 Carolina Street in Gary, Indiana. Uh, they moved into this little house shortly after they moved in, uh, like a month later actually, in December 2011. Black Flies in December in northern Indiana were on the front porch of this house and they just could not get rid of them. So that was like the first thing that they were like, what the heck is going on here? You know, that was like the first weird thing that happened at that house. A bug infestation? <clears throat> Black flies, right, yeah. Any time of the year, much less 
Yeah, so I guess they were just like swarming that whole uh, front porch area. Which is, I when I heard that, I immediately started thinking about uh, my dad's story and with the uh, bees, the bees situation, where there was just a ton of bees and they didn't know where it was coming from or anything like that. But, uh, so that's what struck out to me first about this case when I started reading up on it. Around the same time that the, the flies and all that stuff was happening, um, it, that's when the paranormal activity really started to pick up. So one night after midnight, Latoya and her mother, Rosa, well, they would wake up and hear footsteps climbing the basement stairs, and then they heard the creaking of the basement door opening. And then they would hear the footsteps like in the kitchen and like throughout the house. Each night, one of them would get up, check, lock the door, uh, you know, like check to make sure that the door was locked. Uh, but the sounds of someone walking up and down the stairs into the kitchen would often continue throughout the night. I feel like that happening for more than three nights. You know what's a crazy right? psychology right. fact I just found out? Identifying somebody what? by their footsteps is a form of trauma. I mean, granted, his footstep is thud, 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 thud. Oh my god, really? <laughs> yeah, if my dad ever decides to haunt my ass, I'm just gonna hear his ankles popping coming downstairs. Who was that? Okay, I you am dead? asking to petition a different podcast. We just get Mike high and we tell the stories. <laughs> <laughs> I like that idea. I told him like high with you, Mike we on the mic late jump night. <laughs> high with it, right. Speaking of uh, bones creaking and stuff like that, <laughs> Jory Jory has uh, what is that? Oh yeah, scoliosis. <laughs> She's got a slight case of scoliosis. So we were working out in the gym. (laughs) And it was like our first time doing deadlifts or something like that. And so I was trying to, like, I was like, no, no, Jory, like this, you know, get your back straight. (laughs) Or squats or something, you know. And I was like, something, I was like, <laughs> why is she like pushing my like crooked. one side of my hip in? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, I was like, why can't you stand straight? <laughs> I was like, I turned back, it's like, it's because my scoliosis. Scoliosis. And so now the thing is, I'm trying to get her to do something, you know. It's usually like, <laughs> you know, we'd be walking around the gym, and me and him would just be going back and forth, crooked ass, missing land. Scoliosis happening. <laughs> we would just try to find as many different like metaphors and different words we she can gets- use to explain being crooked. She gets to make all the crippled jokes to you, and you. Well, it's because I'm a cripple too. You're it's a serious to thing, Sarah. That. I have scoliosis. Right. No, I get it. (laughs) My disability is just as bad as yours. (laughs) My disability is valid, damn it. And I walk every freaking day. Oh, okay. So, uh... Back to a very serious... The grandmother, Rosa, 
awoke one night and saw a shadowy figure of a man pacing in the living room. Thinking it was a home intruder, she leapt out of bed to check it out. <laughs> the grandmother did. <laughs> in Gary, Indiana, the murder capital of the world at one point. Yeah, that makes sense. A home intruder. I mean, maybe that speaks volumes to her. She's like wearing like a though, really you know, pink yeah. nightgown and leaps out of bed, slides into her slippers. Slides out of her slippers, into her slippers like Medea, and grabs out her Colt 45. <laughs> right. Her actual gun, not the liquor. So, yeah. Uh, and a bullet for good measure. <laughs> So Rosa, she woke up one night, saw a shadowy figure of a man, thinking that it was a home intruder. Uh, the badass that she is, she leapt out of bed to check it out and tried to chase the robber out of the home. But she only found wet footprints, and the figure had vanished as soon as the lights were turned on. If I was a skeptic, I'd be like, who the fuck is walking around my house with wet ass feet? Now I got him off this floor again. That's rude. Rude. Yeah, and it was like hardwood floors all throughout that at house the house too. Which means if that water stays there long enough, it's gonna swell and it's ruined. Uh oh. Yeah. Okay. So um. So stuff like that would happen like every night. So every night it was usually like they'd hear footsteps in the basement, up the stairs, the door, in the kitchen, and then the kitchen I think led into the living room, and then the bedrooms were shot off of the living room or something like that. I don't remember the exact layout of the house, but it's a small house. So like I live in a small house now. So like I understand like the specific sounds especially in an older house because this house is older like this one was as well as to think how things sound like yeah. what particular so like I, I could tell the difference of like the sound of the door to this office opening versus the sound in the bathroom or, or, a or a bedroom or something like that so like <clears throat> so yeah so they would hear that every night that distinctive so they knew it was coming from the basement yeah. And it would leave wet footprints all throughout the house as it was walking around and stuff like that. So that was every night. So they had that and they had the flies and stuff like that. So, um, and that was in December that activity started happening of 2011. So from that point, it had only kind of been like weird stuff like that. But in March 2012, the 12-year-old daughter actually levitated off of her bed in the presence of her family members. In March 2012, during a family gathering at the Ammon's home, after a loved one had passed away, the 12-year-old daughter had gone to sleep uh, before everyone was done mourning in uh, the other room. Latoya had left the gathering to check on her kids, as you often do as a parent, and came running into the other room where everybody was, screaming at the top of her lungs uh, for her mom, Rosa, to come look in the bedroom and see startled her because she couldn't get it out, right? So everybody, the entire house rushed into the bedroom, and they say that Latoya's 12-year-old daughter was like floating above the bed unconscious. It was reported that in the Indie Star article, The Exorcisms of Latoya Ammons by Marissa Kakowski. I think it's Kakowski. I'm, I'm not sure on the pronunciation, um, but uh, 
And so that's where most of the information came from, is this Indie Star article. Latoya, Rosa, and many others surrounded the bed and began to do the only thing that they can think of, which was to pray. The daughters slowly descended onto the bed and eventually woke up, not remembering anything that happened. Can you imagine uh, being a parent and you just walk by the room, you're gonna check on your child, and you just open the door and they're levitating? But she's just fucking <laughs> floating. <laughs> like, God damn it, yeah. I told you to get into bed. Oh, right. no. Get your ass <laughs> in bed. If I gotta come in here one more oh, time. Right. Uh, and then they're not coming down, you're like, oh fuck. This is kind of a problem. This isn't a prank. My mom would be like, you don't got your socks so, on, you're gonna catch a cold. Make sure your underwear is clean in case you gotta go to the <laughs> hospital. You don't want skid marks in your underwear. <laughs> Surprisingly, my mother has never said that. Before. Really? Oh man, I was a farty <laughs> kid. I was a farty kid then, and I'm a farty kid so now. So was your underwear clean the day that you found out you had cancer? <laughs> well, it wasn't after. Mm. Possibly. That might have been a twofer, you know, where you wear them for a couple days. <laughs> you know, like, it's like you judge them like what you did, though, that day, you know, and you're like, eh, no, I, I was like out and working out and stuff like that. You know, I would probably change. I'm just being real here, guys. I'm being 100. Andrew, I'm what's 100. it like doing a podcast you're with a doing boy? All the laundry. Right? Do you just want to get rid yeah. of them and you and I can do it? Whatever. I mean, how long, how, how many days in a row do you guys wear the same bra? <laughs> the limit does not <laughs> exist. Yeah, so, you know, I think uh, getting two days out of one Yeah, but my nipples order, you know, don't explode butt juice. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this would be a great time for it. <laughs> you can fart and leave us. Well, Oh, it contains the butt juice yeah. explosions. That's not what she was saying. She was saying your butt juice explodes out of like. Okay, butt. come on. Not out of the underwear. Oh, I was more concerned about the front than the back. <laughs> so you're concerned about the <laughs> as most guys are. Yeah, the only thing that leaks from a girl's boobs is when she's breastfeeding. Okay. And I'm assuming you do wash your exactly. bras Exactly. But on a daily, with your normal bras, you don't have shit leaking from your tits, staining it. You're all sweaty, I mean, girl. I wash my work bras every every week. I don't rewear those. But every not, week? But yeah, how but often like, do you wear the same one? that you just wear around the house if you don't get sweaty in? You don't have to wash those every single day. <laughs> Why'd you look at me like, like that? Do you wash your bras? Boobs are less gross. I don't know what to tell you. Anyway. Okay, so uh, needless to say that the people who were visiting refused to come back to the house. Yeah, I don't think I blame them. Uh, Latoya and Rosa finally realized that it's pretty bad and they need help. Rosa and her daughter Latoya didn't know Prime what it was. Crime rate may be skyrocketing in it. Gary, but this house needs help. <laughs> right. Uh... They knew it was something supernatural and something pretty powerful. They started to call local churches, but most refused to listen to them. Yeah, because God is the only thing real, motherfucker. So after listening to Rosa and Latoya's stories, an official at the, a local church told them that they believed that their small home on Carolina Street had spirits in it. They recommended the family clean the home with bleach and ammonia, 
doesn't that, that make a bomb? Guess? It makes or a bomb, that, doesn't it? Is it in chloroform? Vinegar. I think it, it's chloroform. What's it ammonia? <laughs> I think it's chloroform. No, seriously, I saw. Hold on, I'm gonna look it up right now. What? <laughs> it's like how concerned she would be that she what knows that she, off the top of her head. I watched. She clean, listens to no, I watched ammonia TikTok. Not clean TikTok, clean like TikToks. people think I say half the time. Clean TikTok. Queen? Yeah, like clean TikTok. TikTok. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. What was it? What did you say? Bleach and what? Bleach and ammonia. I thought that was mustard gas, but I think that might be bleach and vinegar. But ammonia and vinegar are basically the same thing. Well, Mixing mix bleach and ammonia can be deadly. When combined, these two common household <laughs> cleaners... Release toxin chloroform gas. Exposure to chloroform gas oh. can cause oh. irritation to your eyes, nose, throat, and lungs. Okay. We sure they were just... So then okay. it must be bleach and vinegar that are mustard gas. Are we sure that they were just seeing shit because they were cleaning their house in bleach and ammonia yeah. every day? With bleach and ammonia? Right. <laughs> uh, so clean, clean the home with bleach and ammonia. Probably like Bleach, dry ammonia. One would hope. Then use the oil to draw crosses on every door and window. Um, so uh, Latoya then drew crosses on the children's foreheads in the oil as well, just uh, for extra, because make sure you know, make sure they don't get the possessed. They reached out to Clairvoyance, who said the family's home was besieged by more than 200 demons. I can't imagine having one. Now we're going to invite a whole, like, ancestry into the house. It's a whole family reunion. And this is where we RSVP. (laughs) This is where we paid the deposit. Yeah, so Clairvoyance told them that there were more than 200 demons in the house. And that the best thing Latoya could do was to pick up and move out. But that wasn't an option for Latoya and her family. She was determined to make it work in that house. And when she told them that wasn't an option, they suggested making an altar in the basement. Latoya placed a white sheet over an end table, and then she placed that in the middle of the room with a candle and a statue of Mary and Joseph and Jesus. She opened a Bible to Psalm 91. We should have looked up with that. Oh, never mind. Look it up. That's It's right there underneath. Oh, <laughs> I already did look it up. It's the best researcher in the world. Michael is the one who's your phone dancer. He's going to have all the footnotes. Singular. Oh, my God. You're killing me tonight. It's <laughs> good uh, the clairvoyant recited Psalm 91 aloud as they moved through the house. Oh, it's sulfur and sage. Sulfur and sage, what? They burned sulfur and sage throughout the house. Did I say that? No, you skipped it, but I'm reading oh. it, and the lights just flickered. Okay, oh my are you God. having a panic attack because there's weird shit happening in your house right now? Because we're telling you spooky shit? The lights just flicked. That was wild, bro. To be fair, though, they had been oh doing that lately, but... To be fair, though, we get all... To be fair! I expect our power to go out any minute with the way it has been recently. Yeah. <clears throat> so, uh... Oh, okay, so yeah, they burned sage and sulfur throughout the house, Sarah, starting upstairs. Sarah, stop looking at the lights. And then... Your house is not haunted. 
I know, right? I'm like staring at them. It happens all day long. I, I sit here and I see it happen all day long while I'm working. It happens actually when I walk in the room sometimes. Oh my god, <laughs> is it you? Did you bring this into my home? It wasn't me being a freak and, you know, being interested in paranormal, looking at paranormal stuff, talking about paranormal stuff. Right, no. It was talking about me. murders. Maybe Sarah and I should play with uh, a Ouija board as like. <laughs> no! God, no! No Ouija's! Never. Mike does not fuck around with the Ouija board ever. I've never have, and I never will. You don't fuck with that shit. Jory, have you used a Ouija, Ouija board? You I kind of did. My mom. I can see it in your. I can see it in your <laughs> eyes. Well, <right>. <laughs> <laughs> my mom is the re- the one who got me into ghosts, and I remember I was going to have a Ouija board at my 16th birthday. I had a friend who had one. I was going to bring it over, and my mom oh. caught wind, and she was like, "Absolutely fucking not!" And I was like, "Why? It says it's right. for all ages. It's." It's a board game. Like, it says for three-year-olds and up. Like, I don't understand. And then she right. was like... Parents just don't understand, man. She was like, absolutely not. <laughs> Come to find out she had a bad experience with a Ouija board. I bet. Ouija boards are not toys, bro. To be type, yeah. I just want to do... Well, I want to do the research things. on the guy who created the Ouija board and how that actually became a thing licensed and marketed towards little kids. Right, yeah. Yeah, because I, I I, mean, I always knew that it was, like, for kids. That'd be a good little, like, side episode. But, yeah, I never really looked into, like, how it started and stuff like that. But Wait, don't look it up. I'll do it for a side episode. I'll do all the research. I'll do the, for a side episode. It looks like you're wearing, like, a silk pajama yeah, shirt. Oh, it just looks like a, like a sweater, yeah. Is it cardigan? cardigan. A sweater? It looks like Cardigan silk. are yeah. sweaters. Just ask Taylor Swift. T-Swift. Jory, do you listen to T Swift when you're out delivering mail? No. Bo what Vernon. do you listen to? <laughs> Jeffrey Bezos. <laughs> 1964. Too real. Hold on. I just want to see. Okay. I didn't know that they weren't marketed until the 90s. I thought they were around before that. I mean, oh, I, I think so like too. drawing them on the floor and shit, but like, I didn't realize like the actual Ouija board. Wasn't marketed until February of nineteen, or hold on, Jory's drunk. That says eighteen ninety one. It's been around forever. Okay, there we go. For a hot second, I was gonna say. Okay. I don't think that sounds right to me, Jory. Um, hold on. I was Jory, gonna... I'll I'll look up all the research for this for us, and we can do a side this episode. Could be the on that if you want Jory and Sarah episode. Yeah. How the episode's called? How the fuck <laughs> did the Ouija board come out in ninety one? Okay, so the uh, clairvoyant recited Psalm ninety one aloud as they moved throughout the house. You will not fear the terror of the night. Nor the arrow that Why flies that by like day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. Then nothing happened for three days. Then things got worse. Latoya said that she started to feel weak, lightheaded. Her body shook and often felt out of control. Her youngest son sat in a closet talking to a boy that no one else could see. He said he, or it, was describing what it felt like to be killed. The activity began to become pretty violent. The youngest boy flew out of the bathroom doorway like he had just been thrown. They reported that the headboard of the daughter's bed had fallen onto her and causing a wound that needed stitches. 
The daughter also told mental health professionals that she sometimes felt as if she was being strangled and held down, so she couldn't speak or move. She said that she heard a voice say she'd never see her family again and wouldn't live another 20 minutes. Some nights the activity was so bad they slept in hotels. Which, I know she said she wanted to stay in her home, but at that point if you're sleeping in a hotel like three nights a week, it just makes more sense to get out of the house. Get out! Get out my house! That's what the 200 demons wanted. They wanted her to get out. So, shit gets real, and DCS writes up a crazy report. Oh, I forget it is DCS in Indiana. Yeah, Department of Child Child Services. Services, And then the DMV, everybody knows it's the BMV. Here in Indiana, it's the DMV, because we gotta be different. (laughs) It's the other way. What is it? Oh, it's it's the the DMV. DMV. For most everybody else, and it's the BMV for us. Wait, no. Department of Mu- yeah, yeah, yeah. the DMV the is the main. Of it's like pop and soda. Most of us call it here. We yeah, call it pop. Call it I don't soda. think it's regional. Or in that. some places, they just like to confuse the fuck out of you, and they just call it Coke. Hey, what do you want to drink, man? Oh, oh I want a Coke, and then you fucking bring them a Mountain Dew, oh, and they're like, oh, no, a I Coke want a Sprite. Sprite. I'm like, I should have just brought you a fucking Coke because you said Coke. Yeah, so Indiana is one of them. That's the fucked up one, of course. (laughs) So, DCS writes up a crazy report. Not knowing what else to do, Latoya takes her family to her family physician, Dr. Jeffrey Onyuko. Francisco. Who is. fun to say Onyuko. Onyuko, who has since been charged with illegally prescribing medications. Oh, solid. Yeah. (laughs) So. Latoya told him what they had been going through, hoping that he might understand. He told the Indy Star, 20 years and I've never heard anything like that in my life. I was scared myself when I walked into the room. In his medical notes, he jotted down hallucinations and delusions of ghosts in home. Latoya's son then began to curse at Dr. In demonic voices, raging at him, medical staff told the Indy Star that the youngest boy was lifted up and thrown into the wall with nobody touching him, according to a DCS report written up by Valerie Washington. Both boys passed out and wouldn't wake up. Rosa Campbell cradled one boy in her arms and Latoya held the other. At that time, someone from the doctor's office called 911 and seven to eight police officers showed up. Everybody was... They couldn't figure out exactly what was happening, the doctor recalled. The police and emergency personnel then took the boys to the Methodist Hospital's campus in Gary. When the boys awoke in the new hospital, the older boy acted rationally, but the younger boy screamed and thrashed about. Campbell said it took five men to hold him down. The hospital then asked DCS to investigate Ammons for possible child abuse or neglect. The caller speculated to DCS that Ammons might have a mental illness and that the children were performing for Ammons and she was encouraging their behavior. DCS family case manager Valerie Washington was asked to handle the initial investigation. She gave the following account to police in her intake officer's report. Hospital personnel examined Ammons and her children and found them to be healthy and free of marks or bruises. A hospital psychiatrist evaluated Ammons and determined she was of sound mind. 
While she interviewed the family at the hospital, the younger boy started growling and baring his teeth like a dog. His eyes then rolled in the back of his head. The boy locked his hands around his older brother's throat and refused to let it go until adults pried his hands open. Later that evening, Washington and registered nurse Willie Lee Walker brought the two boys into a small exam room for an interview. Their grandmother joined them. The seven-year-old stared into his brother's eyes and began to growl again. It's time to die, the boy said. Like, that would be the boy it's said in a deep, unnatural scary voice. Scary enough when your boyfriends you know, pretend to die, or you know your siblings doing some weird ass shit trying to freak you out, and then you're like, okay, snap out of it. I'm done. I'm not playing anymore, and right. you're not sure. Right. And then this kid's right. just standing there growling in the middle of a hospital. So. While the youngest boy was, like, telling his brother he's going to die, uh, the older brother started headbutting their grandmother in the stomach. And Rosa Campbell grabbed her grandson's hands and started praying. Then, according to Washington's original DCS report, an account corroborated by Willie Lee Walker RN, the nine-year-old had a weird grin on his face, then oh, walked no, backward no, up no, a wall no, to the no, ceiling. No, I don't. He then flipped over his grandmother, landing on his feet, never letting go of his grandmother's hand. Oh my god. I don't like anybody, like the opening of American Horror Story, the first season, where that creepy thing is like walking up the stairs on its hands and feet backwards. Yeah. No, that yep. is the most yeah. scariest shit to me. So this was witnessed by an RN, a DCS reporter, or a DCS officer, I should say. I think a supervisor even said. And a grandmother. So, I mean, there's already like four witnesses just chilling right there. Right. Please tell me they didn't stay in this house. It's like, whoa, wait. I mean, it's probably just three. Please tell me they didn't stay in that house after all that happened. Like, they they moved and got out of there. Right. Uh, he walked up the wall, flipped over her, and stood there. There's no way he could have done that, Walker told the star. Later, police asked Washington to clarify the statement, trying to get her to confess it was some kind of acrobatics trick. She told them, no, the boy glided backward on the floor, wall, and ceiling, according to the police report. Valerie Washington was quoted in a police report saying she believed that there could be an evil influence affecting the family. This is a state official in Gary, which, you know, they have, I'm sure she sees a lot of shit. (laughs) So heard you some know, crazy stories I mean, from seeing, some mail carriers that work out in Gary, for sure. So right. yeah, so and not trying to shit on Gary in the annex. Selfman has its problems so as well. What three and, things yeah, have in common? I consider all three. I consider all three of them the same thing. To be completely honest with you, what you know, South Bend, Mishawaka, and Elkhart. Yeah, they're kind of. I just kind of all lump them in the same thing. Yeah. Um, but um. Yeah, so a state official was telling the police officers that, you know, no, he glided backward oh, on the floor, glided. wall, and ceiling. 
So, you know. Like Michael Jackson on one of those like spinny chairs. It's crazy, man. So many people witness weird mm-hmm. stuff and would go on the record in public saying, yeah, that happened. Yeah, we saw that happen. That's weird. And state officials, too. I mean, right. DCS took the emergency step of taking custody of the children without a court order because they felt like the children were in danger, I guess. Right. Uh, if I don't know if one kid was growling and the other one was walking up the wall, I'd be like, <laughs> "Yeah, you'd be like, I'd be like, no, I am in danger. What do you mean? Yeah, <laughs> the kids aren't in danger. I am full." <laughs> uh, so a DCS took the kids without a court order. Washington wrote in her DCS form, "All the children were experiencing spiritual and emotional distress." Right. Ammons told the Indy Star, we've already been through so much and fought so hard for our lives. It was obvious we were a team and we were beating it, whatever we were fighting. We made it through together as a team. They separated us. Reverend Michael Maginot was leading Bible study in his living room when he received a call from the hospital chaplain. Two days later, he was sitting with Latoya and Rosa Campbell in their living room while the women detailed the phenomena for him for nearly two hours before Rosa Campbell directed his attention to a flickering bathroom light. Each time he walked over to investigate the flickering stopped. He thought it could be a demonic presence that might be afraid of him. Shortly after, the interview interrupted again when the grandmother pointed out the blinds in the kitchen swinging even though there was no air current. Maginot also noticed wet footprints throughout the living room. Around that same time, Latoya complained of having a headache. Maginot placed a crucifix against her head, and she then started to convulse. After nearly four hours in the home with Rosa and Latoya, Reverend Maginot was convinced the family was being tormented by both ghosts and demons. After blessing the home with holy water and reading scripture from the Bible, he asked Latoya and Rosa to not stay in the home, as he felt it wasn't safe for them. They agreed and moved in with a relative for a week. Just imagine trying to ask your relative, hey, can I live with you for a week after all this crazy shit started happening and maybe I'll bring them back with me, who knows. So soon the two women were back at the home to let the DCS family case manager, Valerie Washington, check the condition of the home. Washington asked a police officer to accompany her during the walkthrough, and two other police officers from the Gary and Hammond Police Departments asked to join them out of professional curiosity. That's called um, the nurses at Gary Memorial and wherever else they took the kids were married to human police officers and told them what was going on. That's what that's called. While walking the home, the police officers noted the makeshift altar Ammons put together was still in the basement, as well as salt lining the walls of the basement. When questioned about it, Rosa Campbell told the officers they believed that the activity seemed to emanate from beneath the stairs. Directly under the stairs was a dirt floor, and the concrete around it was jagged as though it had been broken and removed. One of the officers that accompanied Washington was Gary Police Captain Austin, and he told the Star that during his interview with Campbell, an audio recorder malfunctioned. The power light flashed to indicate the batteries were dying, even though fresh batteries were placed in the recorder earlier that day. Another officer caught what sounded like a voice whispering, hey, on his audio recorder. (laughs) The police captain is going on record saying this. Right. 
and most of the images taken in the home by both cameras issued by the police departments and the captain's own personal iPhone, they seem to, they all seem to have something in the photographs. In one photo of the basement stairs, there was a cloudy white image. When the officer enlarged the photo, that cloud appeared to resemble a face, according to Lake County Police Records. Not only were recorders and cameras acting weird, but Captain Austin said that the radio in his squad car malfunctioned on the way home and his garage door refused to open. The driver's seat in his personal car started moving back and forth on its own. In April 2012, DCS petitioned Lake Juvenile Court for temporary wardship of the three children. The request was granted. DCS found that Ammons neglected her children's education by not having them in school regularly. Ammons told Valerie Washington, the DCS caseworker, that there were times she could not send the kids to school because the spirits would make them sick or they would be up all night without sleep. The family was subjected to clinical analysis by a team of psychologists. All the while, the family continued to insist that they were possessed by demons. Latoya was eventually granted custody of her children again six months later in November 2012. That's a long time to go without your kids. Yeah. On May 10th, 2012, Rosa Campbell and Latoya Ammons, who had been living in Indianapolis, came back to the house on Carolina Street in Gary, this time with Captain Austin, two other police officers from the first visit, Reverend Maginot, two more officers from Lake County, and a new DCS case manager, Samantha Illick. That had to be a long, that's like a four-hour drive, right? From Indy to Gary? Yeah. Oh, yeah, probably. Jeez. Because um, it's three to here. Yeah. Three to, like, exactly three yeah, hours. If you take 65 up, I think you reach pretty much Gary. Whatever. No, we're at the debate right now. Um, the former case manager, Valerie Washington, gave up the case because she refused to return to the house. They all headed to the basement. Illick touched a strange liquid she saw dripping in the basement. She said it felt slippery, yet sticky between her fingers. Ectoplasm? Or ghost lube? I forgot. We always think that ectoplasm is just ghost lube. Ghost lube, baby. Maginot told police he wanted to check the spot under the stairs where it looked like someone broke the floor open and removed the concrete. He told police to search for a pentagram or personal objects that might have been cursed. They dug a four by three foot hole beneath the stairs, unearthing a pink press-on fingernail, a white pair of panties, political shirt pin, a lid for a small cooking pan, socks that had the bottoms cut off below the ankles, which is kind of weird. Um, candy wrappers and a heavy metal object that looked like a weight for a drapery cord. Police records state. That's a lot. That is a lot, found and a four by eight hole. That's kind of weird. Four by four by three. Four by three. What did I say? Four by eight. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> While in the living room of the home, DCS worker Samantha Illick said that her left pinky finger began to tingle and whiten, she said. Soon thereafter, she complained that it felt broken. 
uh, she started having a panic attack. She couldn't breathe, so she, she walked outside to wait for the group to finish up. While Maginot was questioning LaToya, a headache suddenly came over her and a sharp, sh- uh, sharp shoulder pain. She too joined Illic outside. I've both of those without being fucked with a ghost, so I feel for her. Okay, shoulder pain actually sucks, bro. That thing hurts. It, it like hurts like, deep. Yeah, stomach to be sick. Yeah, for sure. Two officers continued to walk through the small home. They entered a bedroom and noticed an oil-like substance dripping from the blinds. They looked all around the window and windowsill, but couldn't tell where it was coming from. To make sure LaToya or Rosa hadn't poured oil on the blinds before they got there, they used paper towels on the blinds to clean it off, shut the door to the room for 20 to 25 minutes, and made sure nobody went in or out. When the officers went back in, the oil had reappeared. When when asked about it, Maginot said the liquid was a manifestation of a paranormal or demonic presence. Immediately, Reverend Maginot wrote a letter to Bishop Melzick to ask permission to perform an exorcism on Latoya Ammons. In 21 years as the Bishop of the Diocese of Gary, Bishop Melzick had never authorized an exorcism. He denied the request of Reverend Maginot. I wonder where they eventually... which bishop eventually agreed. I wonder if it was the St. Joe South Bend Fort Wayne one. We'll find out. Oh, yeah, you probably know the answer. They're <laughs> like, I'm not going to tell you. You find out in a minute. Are Hold you on. Are ahead of him? No, he just, he was talking about the bishop. So I was like, oh, I wonder which bishop, because there's the di- diocese of Gary, and then it's Fort Wayne, St. South Bend, diocese is the other one. That's a weird way to say diocese. Diocese? Diocese. I might be saying it incorrectly because I'm, I'm probably saying it incorrectly. But you're definitely saying it incorrectly as the formal former Catholic student. Diocese. Dios. Dios. Yeah. The I, South I Bend Dio, Di- Diocese. Now you're messing me up. Diocese. Can't you tell we're former Catholics? <laughs> I could call my mom. My mom would be really disappointed if I called hey, her and I was like, hey. we're recovering Catholics. Get her remember. Huh? So get a ruler out. Make her remember. We're more Catholic students. <laughs> yeah. Did you get whacked with a ruler? No, I. That was phased out in the like late nineties. Oh, okay. Phased out by a wooden board. They upgraded it. The thickness of the ruler. They they got the ruler got phased out for the car system. I had system. a teacher make that joke once, and got in so much trouble. Oh God! Someone had a sense of humor. Like with parents. I like to think God has a sense of humor. Like he laughs at some fucked up shit that he made. <laughs> <laughs> what is the point of wasps, really? I mean, just to what do they do? Right. I'm just saying, What's like wasps really are useless. They're just a fucking wasps nuisance. What's the point of why did I swear? God, no. The I, fact mean, that I can get behind the geese. Geese are good. Or I think dogs. I like geese. Okay. The fact oh. that the dinosaurs. Geese are good guard dogs. Okay, Geese yeah, are good guard dogs, But the fact dogs, that yeah. they exist shows that God has a fucked up sense of humor because they literally were made to inconvenience people. Have you seen one of those things walk across the road? They do not give a fuck. They take forever. We could be, like, in you a know, zombie. Really I weird. just want to see... Looking at geese teeth. I want to see this bit done in a zombie movie. A whole bunch of zombies are just like raging across the street at this person, and then a whole flock of geese are just standing there and they just stop while the person they're chasing gets away because they are not going to move out of your way. They stop every. <laughs> they're going to get there in like a getaway car and they just 
they're trying to get down the road fast and they're getting attacked by zombies and then there's a but fucking geese crossing the road. Have you ever been driving on the road and there'll be like a fucking six really car scary. lineup and you're like, what the fuck is going on? It's just six geese stopped dead. Yeah, in that's the like middle of the road. Uh, oh. That same day, Maginot performed a minor exorcism on Ammons. The ritual consisted of prayers, statements, and appeals to cast out the demons. So the same day the bishop turned him down, he did a minor exorcism. He was like, fuck that, I'm gonna help these I'm people do it out. Anyway. I'm gonna do it anyway. <laughs> Two police officers and Samantha Illick attended the ritual. Illick said she left believing that something was going on, though she wouldn't go as far as saying it was demonic. She did say she got chills during the two-hour rite. She said she felt like someone was in the room with us, like someone was breathing down your neck. Whether it was be because of the case she ever. was investigating... You're just by a ghost that does nothing but breathes down your neck. I wonder, right. like, what kind of ghost I would be sometimes. Like, do you think like that they really... Do you think anybody's really like? Well, you're definitely not you walking around the house. When I become a ghost, I'm gonna breathe down somebody's neck. Like that's gonna be my thing. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, do you get a choice of what you do, like, or Pokemon do you just like do it? You, you know? just select a ball, and that's your talent. You pick, yeah. Like you're getting yeah. ready to venture out. You got to pick what your fucking power is. I'm gonna <laughs> breathe down your neck. I'm, I'm gonna snore. I'm just gonna while you're chains in your attic. Right. Right. I'm just going to leave what uh, footprints in your living room. I want a ghost that just cleans. Their talent is clean. Oh my god. I just. Everything goes back where it's supposed to I go. Want a ghost that runs the vacuum cleaner and, <laughs> and actually does stuff. Whether it was because of the case she was investigating or just a series of unfortunate circumstances, Samantha Illick had a string of medical problems after visiting the home. She got third-degree burns from a motorcycle. Within 30 days after visiting the home, she broke her three ribs. She Fuck. broke three ribs. Jets Jesus. Broke a hand when she hit a table. Then broke an ankle running in flip-flops. All that was just in 30 days. Jeez. Of being in at the house. 30 days, her claim will come through. We're almost done. Mike, your reading voice is very soothing. A little right. too soothing. <laughs> He's gonna, he's gonna do great telling stories to our kids. I'm just gonna have to monitor him to make sure he's not scaring the shit out of them. Telling them the lullaby of About Latoya Ammons and her 200 right. demons. Right, our three-year-old's gonna come up to me. basement ghost. ghost. GD, ghost support. Get like a, like a tax break what? for every ghost <laughs> in your house. <laughs> ghost dependency. All I know is our ghost three-year-old's gonna run up to me and be like, Mommy, do you know about Latoya Ammons? And I'm gonna be like, Michael? In the demon house of Gary, Indiana. That's a, my three-year-old sounds like a grandma, apparently, or something. <laughs> Bad omen for a future. <laughs> Maginot asked Ammons to look up the names of the demons that were tormenting her and her family. One such name she came upon was Beelzebub. That means Lord of the Flies. Okay. We gotta cover... Remember in the beginning, all the flies when they moved in? Gary motherfucker. We should yeah, cover the real-life Lord of the Flies. Well, did you see that new American Horror Story episode that? that carried him? Like, showed him? No. 
Can I be honest with you? I haven't seen a single episode of American Horror Story. And I don't know why, because everybody says that it's awesome. I mean, there's a couple that are getting kind of iffy now, but the first season is the best season, next to Asylum um, and Freak Show. You would like 1985. She doesn't like scary stuff. It's more cinematic than anything. It's really She won't even go... The day before my birthday, the new Halloween film comes out, and we just saw Shang-Chi last night. And she was like, I don't do scary movies, baby. Like, it's the day before my birthday. You And you can take I want to go see the new Candyman movie. You don't have to take No, I want to go see it. Oh, you want to go see it. No, speaking of which, it was so funny because I got home from work last night, and Josh was like, you want to go see the new Shang-Chi movie? And I was like, well, I got to record with Mike, so let me check. And then you're you're like, oh, I've been playing Call of Duty all day. And then you literally text me like a half hour later, like, we're gonna go see Chang Chi. <laughs> I forgot. Yeah. I forgot until right before she woke up, and then I was like, oh yeah, we're gonna we're go to the see. movies tonight. Yeah, one of his friends texted him when we were walking in the movie and was like, hey, I'm on my way. And I was like, we need to turn around right now. That's yeah, so he was rude. Gonna come over and watch the the uh, Notre Dame football game. Me and so, Mike always have a problem with like, we're scheduling things. Yeah. Oh, hey, well, we're I just work forgot. out in the gym. <laughs> I forget all the time. Chemo brain, baby. I forget stuff so easily. You're not gonna have to have to blame all the time. Anymore. I mean, I don't know how long your your stuff is fuzzy after afterwards. I just don't know. So, if you remember in the beginning, uh, like the first thing they ever noticed was like all the oh, yeah, weird exactly. flies over in the front porch in December. Eventually, in June of 2012, Bishop Melzik gave Maginot permission to perform a full-blown exorcism. Maginot then proceeded to perform three exorcisms on Latoya, two in English, and the last being in Latin. Hardcore mode. Yeah, that's your try-hard mode. Right. I cast you out, unclean spirit, along with every satanic power of the enemy, every specter from hell, and all your fell companions, in the name of our Lord, Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ. If Jesus isn't available, forwarded by Frank. Buy my cameo. <laughs> Subscribe to my OnlyFans. <laughs> Frank's fan. Only Frank. Oh, where was I? Oh, he gave, performed three exorcisms on Latoya, last one being in Latin. Okay, at the time, Latoya prayed along with Maginot until she physically couldn't anymore. She was convulsing every time Father Maginot berated the demons. She said she felt as if something inside her was trying to hold on and inflict pain at the same time. She said it was different from natural pain, but she felt like it was as intense as when she gave birth. Eventually, Ammons passed out. After it was all said and done, Ammons and her mother moved to Indianapolis, and in November 2012, Latoya regained custody of her three children. They didn't report any strange paranormal activity again. Charles Reed, Latoya's landlord, had owned the home for 33 years and said there had been no problems before or after Latoya lived there. And then, of course, you have... Our bro, Zach Bagans, he buys the demon house in Gary, 
does his little documentary that he does. Harasses he his film crew, had, um, scares them off. <laughs> he, well, what else is new? He's always harassing his film crew. He's always possessed. Maybe we're just watching. You ever think but, like um, Ghostbusters the whole time? We're paranormal and it's, here, bro. it's here, Zach bro. that's possessed the whole time. And it's the camera crew trying to prove that Zach is a demon. It's a yeah. Scooby-Doo episode. Right. And they ripped the mask. They ripped the mask off and Zach Bagans. Why hasn't that been essential? But anyway, he bought the house, did his documentary, which is called oh, fuck, what was it called? Deep Hell House? House? Demon House. Oh, Demon House. Hell House. Why did I even say that? Demon House. That's the name of the episode. Well, it's uh, Hell House now. Yeah, it was like a just an hour and a half long episode right. of Ghost Trap Ghost Adventures. Which I've been watching recently, and I used to shit on it, but I like it now. It's fun to watch. I used to watch it in the hospital. I was getting chemo all the time. Um, but yeah, so he did his documentary. He bought the house. He felt like it was the act. It just it needed to be destroyed, and that's exactly what he did. He destroyed the house. He so nobody could ever live there again. The brick. He's got Is part just- of the stairs at his museum. He's got. He's got the basement, like the, the weird, hole, like jagged like, oh, really? concrete, like and he's got the stairs. Yeah, and that's in his museum in Vegas. Huh. Yeah. And so that's the story of Latoya Ammons, the Ammons family haunting case. All in all, it was about a year from November 2011. Right. To yeah. November 2012. I remember when that story came out in 2011. I was graduating yeah, I high school too. when it first really like was making headline news. I think I heard about it, but I don't know. I don't think I ever looked into it because I've never liked scary things. So I was I was like, mm, no, not for me. So Jory, that was the Demon House of Gary, Indiana. My top lover. What? Just, oh, just <laughs> so Jory and Sarah. Yeah, I just went. Fuck or should Sarah. I say I what my friend. phone always tries to autocorrect it to? Joey. My phone always tries yeah, to autocorrect your name to Joey. <laughs> Joey or, or Joy. They're my alter egos uh, and they're bitches. So, um, that was the case of the Gary Demon House. So, I don't have anything else for you. Instagram. So, yeah. We're probably most active, yeah, I, I would say, on Instagram. Anymore. They keep blocking me for crap. I don't even know how to use Twitter. I've never. You can I've find never, us on Instagram. I've never been good at Twitter. I don't even know how to find and stuff. And you can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Music, Stitcher, yes. or where you listen to most of your podcasts. Or. Or. Strangeheartland.com, which is our website that launched it last year. I don't think I've seen our um, website since you We've got it. a couple t shirt designs that are super cool. Um, and you can hold on. Did we get a new t shirt yeah, you didn't you tell me? Submit a story. No, the last t-shirts that there's like the logo one and then there's like the one that my buddy Steve did for I us when we're bones and we're by the campfire. Really nice. Does it really? I wonder it why it looks really so nice. Good, actually. Because <laughs> I did it. I didn't even know we had a website. Best co-host ever. Oh wait, is this why you've been asking for my biography? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dude. I have my biography on there. You're just I'm a ghost. not on there at all. Bitch, I'm a ghost. No, because I asked you like five times for it and I never it, got one. Can't you just write one about me? I feel like people looking like through the window at me is a better representation of me and me. <laughs> so, we have a website. You can reach out, submit stories there. 
Um, and then we'll either get you on the podcast or we'll read the story aloud, whatever you want to do. And, um, you know, and then you can support the podcast by buying any of the little merch that we have in there. We have like decals and stuff like that. So you don't have to buy a t-shirt or anything like that, but every cent goes towards the podcast because we have some ideas on what we want to do. We enjoy it. We kind of want to go on a ghost trip. I want a sticker that says your catchphrase. Stay spooky, folks. Yeah. So, so, with that said, Jory, <laughs> Sarah, yes, we're gonna end this episode and yes. uh, go make some quesadillas. Go make some quesadillas, and we hope that everybody Jory, has a uh, nice night. I always say night because I just assume people listen night. So, stay spooky, folks, and we'll see you next time. When Jory does the episode about Selena. For Selena. I'm yeah. so excited to do that. It's been six months of research. Right. I'm not even kidding. I just picked up another magazine on her. Good night, folks. <laughs>